Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And I bet you can guess what we want to talk about today. It's really going to be like, it, it, there's really there's really no question this week about what we would dig into. Because generally, in, in general, what Ben and I try to do is we try to find a common, common ground, a show that we both are watching. And in this case, uh, this show we both watched. We both saw this episode of television. Yeah, the terror is great. Uh, no, I haven't seen the terror yet. Oh, we're not talking about the terror. We're not talking about the terror. Oh, I'm out. Except there. we're talking about our terror. Metaphorical. I don't. We'll talk about that later. I need to talk. I need to watch the terror. I do. I do want to see it. It's really good. I hear. Yeah. I mean, it, it might actually get me to go. You know, look past my general aversion to things about dudes on ships. Yeah, that's weird. I don't care about. It's like you know, ships, submarines. I don't care. That's that's strange. I don't know what it is. It's very weird. You should explore it. Yeah. But I do like episodes of the Exiles that take place on submarines and ships. Mm. Again, should probably explore that. <laughs> what What's creating the, the separation here? Well, yeah. I don't know. The Exiles happened, you guys. We watched all ten episodes of, the, of, of season 11 and <clears throat> have to kind of process that now and come to terms with it and figure out how we feel about what could potentially be the last episode of the X-Files ever. A phrase we've said before many times and but may actually be true this time. Yeah, I don't buy it. What? I don't buy it. Yeah? No. You think how how do you think that the show will come back with Gillian Anderson? No. Okay. So you you are very you, you but you still think that they'll they'll find something to do. Oh yeah. Interesting. You feel very confident on the subject. I usually bet on things coming back these days, Liz. It's uh, just proven by so much evidence out there. Fair enough. No matter the show, if I have to guess, Mm -hmm. it's going to come back. Uh, We should preface this by saying we are going to talk about spoilers. Uh, We are going to talk about the end of the season uh, in in events that transpire in episode 10. Uh, So if you are sensitive to that sort of thing... uh, and have not yet watched the episode, then you should not continue listening. Um, but that being said, it was, you know, it was actually a halfway watchable episode of television, which is a huge thing to be able to say about what was we were, I think, expecting to be not great. Yeah, halfway watchable. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, Ben, come and talk to me about it from your perspective, because, you know, I feel like you've been more casually engaged with the show than I have been this season. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. You've been doing the episode reviews, so that's that uh, automatically kind of puts you at a more engaged state than most other people. Um, but, I mean, it's also the X-Files, so you're going to be more engaged than most other people anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, it's been a pretty bad season of television. It hasn't been as bad as the first revival season, season 10, whatever we want to call it. Um, but, I mean, this show is showing its age Mm -hmm. Uh, repeatedly uh constantly uh it's had a lot of delicate or uh, less than delicate shifts in tone that don't necessarily go over particularly well um the season doesn't hold together that well uh, there's a lot of problems with the x-files but that being said we knew that going in like we'd we'd kind of expected the Mm -hmm. worst going in so uh the fact that it's been 
occasionally a little bit better than the worst uh, has made this season a little bit more tolerable, and it's what made the endings somewhat of a relief. Mm-hmm. So do you have a favorite episode from the season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The sushi episode. Good. Uh, the one with Mulder refusing to tip the electronic waiters and basically all of technology coming back to attack him because of it um, was great. I mean, he was right. You should not tip electronic waiters. You should tip your sushi robot. No, absolutely not. Mulder is correct as usual. Um, but uh, but no, it was a fun episode. It wasn't a great episode. It was fine. Uh, it was fun and easy, and um, we got to we got to let David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson play a little bit outside of their comfort zone. It felt like a little bit more was relied upon them to emote without a lot of dialogue because there isn't a lot of dialogue, and that usually plays better because <laughs> often the dialogue is tough, uh, and. It's more fun to kind of see these two in a little bit more of a relaxed state from time to time, uh, especially when, again, when they're called upon to do deep drama, it's not necessarily the most delicately written or um, altogether believable slash engaging. You are choosing your words so carefully right now. Yes. It is. It is. I mean, there are definitely, oh, God, what was it? There is that... There's that scene at the beginning of the Skinner episode, uh, Kitten, uh, where like Mulder and Sclair are getting yelled at by Kirsch, and none of the dialogue from one, from one line to the next connects with each other. It's kind of a fascinating exercise in how can we technically have a scene where two people are talk, three people are talking to each other, but never actually communicating anything. And yeah, the show's dialogue has always been um, hit or miss. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, the episode you cited, which is, which has the base 40, 64, uh, name of, uh, of followers is great. Sushi Robot episode is great. Um, the Lost Art of Forehead Sweat was a lot of fun, though a little bit, I remember like really liking that episode when I first watched it. And then when I went back to watch it a second time for reviewing, I was like, it just, it kind of, it kind of just kind of, it felt very slight, by comparison. And then, uh, you know, we also had, uh, we had uh, episode three, which was not maybe a great episode of television, but did include some scenes that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And not just the ones where they went to pound town. Yeah, I mean, objectively speaking, absolutely none of these are great television. None of them would hold up to other great, epi- like, actual great episodes of TV that are on right now. Even but in great terms episodes of, of The X-Files. No, they, I don't think they'd hold up to those either. Absolutely not. Like, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the grading on a curve idea that we had coming into this season. Um, and when it came to the finale, it was one of those things where, again, we're left in this weird place where, you know, Jillian Anderson is saying it's over and she's done and she's not coming back. Uh, there's never an explicit promise that the show will return um, so, but they're not willing to call it a series finale, right? They didn't actually, nobody oh, was nobody's officially called saying, it. Nobody, yeah. nobody's using that word. Right. And I mean, even when, you know, at the, at the TCA junket for the show and, you know, Jillian had announced she was leaving and uh, a lot of people were <laughs> adamantly asking the same question over and over again to make sure she'd say it 16 times on the record. You know, uh, Duchovny is up there saying that you know they, they they did the show without me. I mean, I might like if it's if it's the right fit, if it works the right way, I could come back without her. 
So we don't really know how to take this, but in terms of just it being an ending of sorts, or at least a possibility of an ending, uh, to me it was just, it, it was, again, it was not a catastrophe. So I was happy with it, I guess. I mean, it is easily, my struggle three, my struggle four is easily the best of the episodes named my struggle um, of the, like, I would rank them personally. My struggle four is the best. Um, God. My struggle one is very bad and nothing happens in it. My struggle two is also very bad, what? but stuff happens in it. Isn't my struggle two, that's the finale from last year, right? Yeah. No, that's the worst one. Yeah, but stuff happens in it as opposed to My Struggle 1. I mean, I don't really. That doesn't. (laughs) But also My Struggle 3 is bad because My Struggle 3 tries to basically, not only does My Struggle 3, not only is it bad in the same ways as My Struggles 1 and 2, but also actively tries to retcon My Struggle 2, ergo adding a whole new level of badness. No, I disagree with that. The retconning is like we recognize just how awful an episode of television we made last year, and we're going to try to fix it, so just hold with it. It's like, good. At least you recognized it. At least you know you've made horrible mistakes, and we can try to move forward from here. Plus, uh, I mean, I just... The ending... (laughs) of season 10 is just so unbelievably frustrating it's hard for me to imagine anything being worse than that plus if you're grading it on the idea of like of stuff happening 40 we've talked about this 40 percent of this finale of the season 11 finale is just chase scenes it's Mulder driving in his car and Mulder running around stairways don't forget Mulder also murdering so many people well that's not he a murders chase murders seven people no I know that's that again is a good thing it's not a chase but that's a good thing they did it was like well we get to watch Mulder slash David Duchovny look cool and just shoot people like when he just shot that guy behind the desk it was like what the fuck is happening right now like it was stupid but it was like it's not the kind of stupid where it's also just atrociously made television. Like the stuff when Chris Carter starts writing big dialogue scenes, uh, <laughs> trying to explain conspiracies and setting up weird mythologies and, and like just invoking like all these questions that are not going to be answered. Like that's when we get into this horrible territory. And this episode did the opposite where it's just like we're going to be all action and then we're going to give you this very simple ending and then just be done with it. Like. Right. They gave you a, a very cathartic sense of closure in that if this is the ending, then the cigarette smoking man is dead. And it's like, well, great. We got to watch Mulder just shoot the shit out of the cigarette smoking man. That was long awaited. We can believe he's dead because that's all we have to go with right now. Uh, and that's great. Like, that's something where it's like, okay, like, I can, like, that is, it's not necessarily stimulating or fresh or uh, particularly challenging, or even even ambitious. It's far from ambitious storytelling. Right. Um, but it it actually works as television. Right. So it is it is not like my struggle one where there's that literal like ten minute chunk which is just a PowerPoint presentation essentially. Yeah. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah, I still I, I think I might still put uh, put put two above one, but it's a near thing at this point. Maybe I'm just looking more fondly back at, at one because it was like a warning. It was so jarringly bad that it was just like, okay, the best we can hope for from these revivals are like a couple of, of moments of, of fun. Like they'll just they'll figure a couple things out and it'll be fun. Maybe they'll have an episode that doesn't have a lot of dialogue and they talk about robots and sushi and, you know, Mulder kind of 
plays with his phone a little bit, and that's cute. Like, that's our high bar, and it warned us about that. I, I can get behind it now. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, the X-Files. I mean, beyond the My Struggle episodes, were there any episodes that you felt also, you know, were really, really could have been better but weren't? No. No. I mean, that's the thing about the X-Files. Like, we've talked about it. I don't remember because we've talked about so much about the X-Files on this podcast. I don't remember if we've talked about this specifically, but we have talked about, me and you, Liz, um, about how this show could be good again. And it would involve a complete creative overhaul. Right. It would would require, you know, like some of the writers who are on staff have good ideas, um, but there's, and and some of them are very talented writers. uh, But a lot of the structure that's put in place is dictated by old broadcast standards um, or old kind of uh, procedural elements. Um, stuff that it still kind of works and it can evoke like an, a, a vague idea of something exciting. Um, but when it's put into practice for these episodes, it just doesn't quite fit. So like we need uh, we need youth to just come in and take a stab at this. We need some exciting, you know, directors, writers, uh, people who want to put their stamp on the franchise and then, you know, a network slash a creator showrunner who's willing to let them do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think they might try to do like a young Mulder and Scully reboot kind of X-Files uh, that'll follow the same structure and maybe have just Chris Carter as an EP instead of the showrunner instead mm-hmm. of the head guy. But I don't know if that would work either. Um, but no, like, I mean, there, there's good ideas that could obviously if done very differently been good television like i mean even just the broad basic idea of the x-files is great for kind of everlasting television mm-hmm. but it requires kind of a doctor who-esque reboot from time to time where some new people step in and and they get things churning uh, in a different direction i like i like you citing doctor who as uh you know a potential touch point here yeah. um yeah it's tough like the thing that the thing that has always been really striking about the revival in comparison to the original series was that, you know, it used to be like when we were watching like in seasons two through six or seven, you know, the case of the, the monsters of the week were you know kind of like hit or miss like in in general like, and you go it's a re- pretty typical monster of the week episode nothing fancy pretty typical case file. Um, and then the episodes you get excited for would be like the the, the mythology two parters um, that would happen a couple of times a year. Like the mythology stuff was what you got excited for, and then like the cases of the week were like you know had good mo- you had good ones and you had bad ones. Like there's a good mix. And the fact that the revival has flipped that so utterly on its head, where every time we have to pay attention to the mythology, um, the show becomes much less watchable than when Mulder and Scully are just solving a case. Yeah. And I'm always, and I, and I'm not sure why that is, aside from the part where Chris Carter doesn't really know what his mythology is anymore. And so whenever he focuses on that aspect of the show, it shows. Yeah. I mean, it's so big. It's just so big at this point. Like there's just, uh, it's tw- 11 seasons worth of content and two movies of trying to build and build and build and build. Um, you know, I, I understand, like, even as a as a casual fan, there's a lot that gets pointed out to me that are that are flaws after certain episodes where it's like, well, this doesn't really line up because of this happening in the past. And 
I, I didn't remember it, but a lot of people do, and that becomes a problem. And, and you kind of have to have a better understanding of how this all fits together if you're going to tell a compelling story that is linked like that, like that the conspiracy kind of connects back to the past as much as it does. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's another thing I kind of like about the finale, at least symbolically, like if the cigarette-smoking man is dead, you know, we can believe that that a lot of these bigger conspiratorial elements died with him. So maybe they can, you know, either like either in our imaginations, preferably, or whenever they reboot this or continue it, they can move forward from something of a fresh point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, <laughs> what was your reaction to uh, the final moments of the episode and Scully being revealed to be pregnant? Um. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was nice. I thought it was... I thought the episode as a whole was a little uh, reductive toward Scully and Gillian Anderson. Um, Yeah, there's that whole thing where she finds out that she got medically violated that one time and that her pregnancy that she thought was... A natural pregnancy to some degree was not actually a real natural pregnancy. Um, And there's like a dispute about her like disowning William in the final minutes where she was kind of like, you know, that's not really like this is the baby. Like, that's not really it. Like, that was just an experiment. And like, I don't don't choose to believe she meant exactly what she said. (laughs) Like, I have to kind of make it up in my own brain where she's just trying to comfort Mulder in that moment. And she's not, you know, disowning a child that they've loved for 20 years. But um, Ben's just Ben's just over here writing his fan fiction. Right. No, I really am. Like, it's one of those things where at this point in the show, uh, because (laughs) because there's so many things left unanswered, I'm. I'm okay with just kind of taking a more symbolic approach of of those final seconds where it's like okay what they wanted us wanted what they wanted to leave us with is that cigarette smoking man is dead conspiracy stuff is over uh Mulder and Scully are a couple now uh they've got a baby together yep and they're going to be okay like that is what they wanted to convey they did not necessarily do that well <laughs> they did not do that well but I can choose to buy into that idea and then just live with that and be at peace. Yeah, I think like the overwhelming consensus from between you and me anyway, the thing we are very much on the same page about is this could have been so much worse. And the fact that it was pretty watchable, that we got a something resembling an ending for these characters that kind of like gives us hope for the future, but doesn't feel like, you know, an immense like cock tease or cliffhanger yeah. type deal, like you know, that 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 means a lot to me. Yeah, like, and, th- and this is very much grading on a scale. Yeah. Like, if I'm objectively looking at this episode and season of television, it would it would have never risen above a C. Um, but I gave it a B minus. Right, and I mean, and that is on a curve. There you go. And also um, very frantically writing. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but I mean, it, it going into it and and having. Again, kind of the prep in your head all season, knowing that this could be the series finale, knowing what the My Struggle episodes were before we got the fourth part. It's like, this could have been so much worse. And no, the twists, like, did not work. There was not a second where I believe Mulder was going to die 
or that that was Mulder who got shot. Like even the dialogue they used with Mulder speaking to the cigarette smoking man that was supposed to be neutral, kind of like it could be either of them. It's like, well, that alone signifies it's not Mulder. Right. Um, and then we knew William wasn't going to die. Again, I'm choosing to believe, as I told you before, that Mulder and Scully aren't stupid enough to think that uh, they're son quotes uh who can fucking shapeshift and explode people with his brains can be murdered by a gunshot like he can literally but they didn't change even his see form. him get shot right uh, i don't remember if Mulder did or not he was <coughs> running or maybe heard something or saw the splash i yeah. don't fucking know but it was kind of implied in the dialogue at least that they think he's dead right. <laughs> and i'm choosing that they they don't actually think he's dead they're just choosing to let him go as he asked them to, so they'll just kind of come to an unspoken consensus, like, he's dead, we'll just let that go. Right. Like, they're not idiots. I don't want to believe they're idiots who would think that that would actually kill him. Again, you um, can find Ben's fanfiction on <laughs> fanfiction.net under the name Ned Ravers. So, so, like him, so him uh, surfacing at the end, you know, is the, like, thing. it's not a cliffhanger to me. Yeah. It's just a confirmation. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so it's it's fine, but it's it's uh it's definitely angered people apparently, and I, I mean, Jillian took to Twitter today Jill- as we're recording Friday. Yeah, uh, uh, Jill- it is still the tweet is still up. Um, yeah. it's just her saying, "Boy, oh boy, do I hear you," accompanied by um one of a, do I have this eye roll? I don't know if I have this eye roll gif. I should get this one. It's a good one. I have like four or five, six-ish. Is she? Is it, a, is it an eye roll or does she just kind of put her head in her hands? Yeah, it's more of a, she's kind of, I'm looking at it now. So she's kind of just does a little head nod and then she puts her head in her yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. so same not quite concept, an eye roll, but, but yeah, yeah, it's in the same genre. Yeah. It but, communicates pretty clearly. But see, like this is the thing too. I, I, I don't, you know, if I was out at a Chicago bar with a Goose Island bottle of Dana, or what, Scully? Dana, it's the, what there's, it? there's a Scully Jillian? and there's a Jillian. Scully and Jillian. Okay, yeah. so if I was with a, with a bottle of Jillian beer uh, with her and we were just shooting the shit off the record, I'd ask her, you know, like, did, did you quit because this is just out of hand? Like, because the, the writing has just gotten so bad and the show is so off the rails that you just needed to end it. Like, I, I kind of am running on that hypothesis now, but I don't need to know. Like, I don't need her to go on record and, and say that for the good of everybody. Like, we can just leave it at that. She left the show when she thought it was the right time to leave the show. Uh, she's been asked about the ending before and what she thinks of it. She very much ran away from that question. Um, but, yeah. I mean, she's also acknowledging the fans in a way that I imagine some people will draw some catharsis from as well. Well, she basically, it it, it it has gotten to the point now where she said enough things that we can basically piece together her saying, her believing that she came back in large part because she thought the ending of season 10 sucked and she didn't feel like that was the right way to end the show if that was going to be the end. So she agreed to do another run of episodes. And I do wonder, like, if uh, it would be really interesting to know how many drafts of that finale script exist and if uh, changes were made, because changes were made to, uh, you know, satisfy her potential needs. I don't know. Like, because... I don't think they did. <laughs> Again, like, I don't know, but I, I don't yeah. think they satisfied what she was looking for. But it's definitely again, a better ending than yeah. what we'd had before. So yeah. it's like, you know what? Good enough. Get the fuck away from it. Just let it be done. I mean, I'll be honest. 
Like I, you know, I when I when I reviewed the original season ten finale, like I basically flat out said, if this is the end of the X Files, this show's legacy is fucked. And at the end of this, at the end of at the end of season eleven, I don't know if the show's legacy has been really repaired. I know that we got some good episodes out of it, um, got some good moments anyway, um, and I was happy to see my friends Mulder and Scully back. Um, yeah, I think of it as more of a stopgap. Like, if 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 it would have ended on season ten, it would have been like the ship is just constantly leaking because everybody everybody could point to that ending and just be like, "Holy shit, what? Like, this is so far gone. Like, what are we even doing here? Um, why are we still talking about the show? Like, it would it would be a legitimate problem. This is something where they they again give enough of a conclusion where I think it works to say, okay, and like in ten years, okay, we'll look back on this and be like. <laughs> they probably shouldn't have revived it. They probably shouldn't have come back, but it, it was, it was good to see them again. And there were some fun ideas and hopefully it helped, you know, David and Jillian and the writing staff and stuff, you know, uh, put a little away in the bank and yeah. go on to better, more creative, more interesting current projects. Uh, you know, there could be good that came from it. It was, you know, some of it was just diverting nice TV mm-hmm. um, as opposed to something that would, you'd look back on and be vehemently upset about. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an improvement, but yeah. overall I, I, I think, I don't remember what I wrote at the time. It was definitely something in the, in the early part of season 10 when the X-Files ratings were just crazy good. And I was like, this is bad for television. Right. I remember that. <laughs> and I still think it is bad for television because uh, there's so many more revivals and we knew the revivals were coming even then. It wasn't like I was predicting more and then they came and we, knew what was going to happen and it did um but you know it it definitely served its purpose it it did what it came here to do it didn't necessarily do it as well as we'd hoped no it was it was not a rating success in this in this run yeah it was fine but yeah i think like i heard somebody was saying that they thought that i forget who said this but like 911 should have been paired with a different show which like maybe one more, like maybe the resident was the one they picked. They they thought would would have been better fit, but who knows? Wait, so wait, why are they saying that? Nine one one got good ratings, so if they paired it with it was paired with X Files. Yeah, but X Files was the lead in, right? Yeah. So they're saying if it had a better lead in, nine one one would have been even better. Maybe. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, nine one one did great. Yeah, good for it. Well, <laughs> let's not go that far. Hey, look, Peter Krause needs to eat. Peter Krause is doing just fine. He likes to work. Yeah. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I'm not getting into this now. We're not getting into it. Okay. I mean, Ben, I will say, I very much appreciate how much you've let me talk about the X-Files on this podcast, especially given the amount of grief, um, amount of grief that I've given you over the years about talking about the leftovers incessantly. Hey, when it's when it's on the air, it's current, it's relevant. Um, you know, I would argue that that this ending may have saved you the way you know, like leftovers seasons two and three saved me. It's like I, they're really really good. Those are those are immaculate seasons of television. And then we can still look back on the X Files now and be like, those early seasons, that core part, that's worth referencing for years to come. So you can keep talking about it instead of every time you talk about it. I'd have to say something like, yeah, except that ending. And then you'd be like, yeah, I know, Ben, shut up. Now we can just talk about it and be like, yeah, X-Files, cool. 
Yeah. I mean, I've been forgiving the X-Files for bad endings for since 2002. So. Boom. Uh, it's a long time. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, man. I think, though, of the of the endings that I've experienced. So we've had, there was the 2002 uh, season nine finale, The Truth. And then there was the second movie. And then there was, and then there was the second movie, I want to believe. And then there was the season 10 finale. And then there was the season 11 finale. That's I was cool. going to rank them. Oh, boy. Yeah. Doing it. Um, I think I would pick the season nine finale as my favorite. My favorite goodbye to the show. Um, I'll go back to a little bit about why. Uh, and then I'd go season 11, I want to believe, season 10. <laughs> really does. Really does put season 10 in perspective when you rank it below, I want to believe. <laughs> yeah, you... Would, would I want to believe be last if it didn't have the shot of, of Mulder and Scully drifting off in the ocean, like... 100% the drive. answer to that question is yes. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, we also get like they actually do have like an actual scene at the end of that episode, at the end of that film, where they look each other in the eye, they talk about their relationship, and they kiss on the mouth, which technically should put it above season eleven, but um, no. <laughs> but then it, but then the rest of that movie exists, and right. God, that movie doesn't make any sense. If the dialogue in that last scene of the movie made any sense, I would probably rank it above season eleven, but yeah. Oh gosh! But yeah, season nine had like a really. Do you remember remember this? this Not season? really. Like I have vague memories of it, but I never went back to rewatch it. It's uh, problematic. It's... I was ready for it to be over by the time. Oh yeah, that happened. So I never wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it starts off like with a big Mulder scene, and given that this was the first time David Duchovny had been on the show since season eight, that was a very exciting thing. Um, and then. Uh, so there was that, and then there's a whole bunch of Mulder stuff. Uh, and then the the bulk of the episode is this bullshit trial um, where Mulder's, Mulder's been accused of killing a man, and somehow the conspiracy is, like, the evidence to prove that he's not guilty. Mulder did kill that person because Mulder is a murderer. And it'd be, someday I should go through and just, like, try to pinpoint all the times Mulder murdered somebody because... It's a long list. You should you should pinpoint it and then just quickly reference whether or not. I don't want to say if it was in the line of duty, but like if it was in the line of duty enough, mm-hmm. where you wouldn't have been prosecuted for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky thing. Um, but anyway, so there's that bullshit trial stuff, and then there's a jailbreak. They get Mulder out of the thing out of prison. And big confrontation with cigarette smoking man. Spoilers for the season nine finale that happened in the year two thousand two. Um, Spoilers for your uh, selective memory. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but basically, what I what what really puts season nine at the top of the list for me, aside from like, there's some very silly stuff in it. Mulder has visions of dead cast members, largely just so that they can bring back the lone gunman and cry check and all that for a quick scene or two. Um, and then, uh, but then, you know, it has this really lovely last scene, um, where it's an, it's a, it's a really nice, uh, reflection of a scene from the pilot where Mulder and Scully really talk for the first time about, about their lives. And so you have this kind of like coda, this coda callback to that scene, um, that ends with them just kind of like preparing to face the end of the world together. 
um, because theoretically they're preparing for the 2012 uh, apocalypse. So yeah, um, it's... It's a love. I, I really like that finale. That that those, those last scene. That last scene, anyway. Um, also in the season nine finale, uh, cigarette smoking man gets blown up by a whole bunch of missiles, but it didn't take. I guess. Yeah, which is again like in this one, you know, if it did continue, I would assume he's alive. Like yeah. if, if there's another episode, he's not in it. I'd still be like, no, he's alive. The show continued, so he's alive. But if with if this is the ending, then I can believe he's dead, even though he survived everything. Yeah. Um. But I think this brings up a good point for revivals overall um, and kind of what they're doing to television. Because what you're talking about with that season nine finale, you know, it's facing a lot of the same challenges that this one was facing. Um, Like, perhaps they didn't know this was a finale. Perhaps, you know, Chris Carter still wants to write more, so he's open to it. But that idea could be influenced by the fact that it was revived at all. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea that he's uncomfortable calling this and writing this as a series finale, whereas in in season nine he was very much doing that like the reason that they had the callbacks to the other characters the reason you know that they have those weird stuff is to bring people back like that's something you do in a finale like you you pay homage to everything that built up to this point in the show literally spend 20 minutes of your of it trying to explain the conspiracy once and for all right the episode is actually called the truth yeah so i mean that's that's telling in and of itself but uh, uh but it's it's something that I don't know if the, the it's the right word to say writers will be scared to do um, going forward, but they might be more hesitant to give you the finality that you crave mm-hmm. uh, when everything seems like it's coming back, especially the revivals themselves. It's like, sure, the X-Files, maybe it just came back for two seasons and we think of it as being done, but that doesn't mean it won't come back in two or three years or five years or ten years. There's always going to be that question mark. And if the writers think that that question mark's there, they're always going to want to leave some sort of opening for a continuation. And it's one thing kind of, kind of, you know, to use a phrase from earlier, retconning uh, your, your revival to allow for it to continue. Like Will and Grace, you know, just erasing the, the ending of the last season. And, and to me, again, I can be okay with it because I can pretend that that's just going to happen later in the future and we'll get back to it. And this is just kind of filling in the time gap. But um, the point being, I, I, I feel like a lot of these, it, this is going to have a more drastic effect on television and the legacy of specific shows than people really understand right now. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than like a bad movie sequel that comes out 10 years later and you forget about it like dumb and dumber is not tainted for me by the sequel to dumb and dumber like i can forget that pretty easily but the x-files you're not gonna like it's gonna be a part of this um especially because of how people watch tv these days where it's all gonna be on hulu or it's all gonna be on netflix or whatever and you'll just keep going and then you'll see this as the continuation from 9 to 10 to 11 and you'll be like what the fuck is happening and then but that'll all be lumped together so uh Anyway, this is old man ranting at Cloud again, but I'm still very worried about even the idea that we're okay with this. Like, even with the idea we're like, we're just relieved it wasn't a catastrophe. <laughs> well, I, I mean, to be, to your point, um, when I spoke with the writer David Hare, or Harry? I think it's Hare. Um, but he he wrote the this uh, Netflix miniseries, Collateral, and I was excited to talk to him because I was like, hey, any plans for a season two? And he was like, nope. Hard pass. If they want to do it, great. I'm not writing it. Um, but and he and he said that one of the things he said was that he felt he feels like 
a lot of these miniseries, he's seen too many shows get basically have like be be compromised by exactly what you're talking about. Like the writer doesn't end every storyline and does leave enough, uh, you know, enough things to potentially more in a season two. And that compromises the quality of the show as a whole. Like if you don't write for an ending, like, you know, it doesn't work as well. Um, so, uh, you know, that being said, Collateral actually does have enough open where you could see it a season two very easily. But, yeah, but that's part of the point. Like the idea is you you can write for an ending and still, you know, want to make more, want to spend more time with those characters. There's a way to create more after you provide a proper ending for whatever story you're telling. Like unless you literally kill off everybody or you... <laughs> age them to a point in the future where it's not practical to continue <laughs> leftovers <laughs> but um <laughs> there's there's ways to to keep it going it's one of the things where like i i'm not as worried as a lot of people about big little lies season two because they treated season one as an entity and are done mm-hmm. with it and now they're going to make more and maybe you know season two will be bad but that first season will still be really good um uh, so I, I don't know there's a little bit of just subjective interpretation there, but uh, but you can. The point being, you can write toward an ending without writing off the idea that you're gonna keep going. You just have to do it. And I think a lot of people with these revivals and the revival culture that's going on will just be nervous to even do that to mm-hmm. write to an ending at all. Right. Um, so uh, that just reminded me that um, speaking, speaking, they're all everything's coming together. Um, in an upcoming episode of Will and Grace, uh, Will meets uh, Jack's new boyfriend. And, uh, like, initially he's just, like, not necessarily on board. And then Jack's like, you both think it's a bad idea to cast Meryl Streep in, uh, in, in Big Little Lies Season 2. And so it all comes together, Ben, is the point. Yeah, and the punchline is it's too stunty. It's too stunty. Um, I'm also going to point out that uh, I, have, I just have one really small thing I need to get off my chest. Um, and then we can stop talking about the X-Files for at least another half hour or so. Um, this is like the third or fourth time that Mulder and Scully have like been in situations where they've been, they, they've been imperson- somebody's person- you know, impersonating them or they're trapped in a different identity or something. And they just need a code word then. Just come up with a code word to be like you know, Sasquatch or something like to know that the other person, you know, to prove that the other person is who they say they are. Cause it's really dumb, Ben. So many times they've been in this situation. So many times that they've, you know, they, they, they needed some way to prove it. And li- literally it's come down to, you know, people doing like, you put bee pollen in your yogurt or your mother's name is Tina. And it's just dumb. Just come up with a code word. You guys be responsible. Actually, more than three. It's like because there's the alien shapeshifter. There's that time that uh, Pusher got in in, in Mulder's head. There was the episode where uh, there episodes where Mulder and Michael McKean body swapped, um, and then we had this episode. It's just common sense. Yeah, but Liz, I mean, for them to do that, that would require them remembering all that stuff happening. They do and get a lot of head wounds. They, yeah, I mean, uh, part of that memory applies to the writers who are writing them. So they may not do that. Yep, details. <laughs> oh, well, that's my rant. I'm done. And with that, we say goodbye to the X-Files. For now.
Forever. Um, <laughs> ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Um, this is a little bit of a cheat because I watched it a while ago. I think I've talked about it before, but uh, The Terror is out today. If you're listening to this on Monday and we actually get it up on Monday, um, you know, according to plan, uh, The Terror premieres tonight and they're actually releasing all of the episodes on AMC Premiere. Oh, which I didn't is know that. online thing. Um, the Terror is great. <laughs> like, The Terror, it's really kind of hard to talk about without, not even without spoiling, but... Um, there's just so many rich details in this and such good subtle character work and the setting is just beautiful and uh, what they do with visual effects is just fucking mind-blowing. I, I I can't even... I still can't believe it when I watch it. Um, and I've only seen the first three, I believe. Um, our good colleague, wonderful uh, man, Steve Green, has seen uh, the whole thing and he's, he vouches for it. Uh, pretty Good enthusiastically yeah so um so yeah the best thing that i've watched is is the terror i watched a lot of stuff last week that wasn't great but um the terror is is important right now and you should know about it and i've seen some of it enough to recommend it the review will be out probably by the time you're listening to this so uh yeah the terror that's my pick if you don't have a thing about guys on ships it's the show for you uh, that's still the show for you um liz <laughs> What is the best thing you watched last week? Uh, I can't really, I can't talk about the real thing that I, that was the best thing I watched last week. Um, but soon that embargo will be up and I'll be able to be very excited about it. Um, but I'm going to say that uh, this latest episode of John Oliver, uh, last week tonight, uh, did this, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, um, because it's got much more play than usual, usual with, uh, you know, last week tonight. Uh, they tackled Mike Pence, and as part of that, they released uh, a children's book um, about Marlon Bundo, their version uh, of the uh, their their version of a Marlon Bundo children's book, uh, riffing on the vice president's own uh, uh, upcoming uh, or just released a book about his pet bunny. This this book about a bunny bunny um, was uh, the John Oliver's version or the the writing staff's version. Uh, is it's it just is a really sweet story about acceptance and it you know very it's very much a fuck you to mike pence it's very much very deliberately um well yeah a fuck you to mike pence's political political yeah leanings political leanings and anti-gay agenda especially Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i but i feel like the it's both that and also just a really sweet story about acceptance and you know bunnies and bunnies being in love and lovely stuff like that, that was, yeah that was the whole point like yeah. he wanted to write a genuine children's book like he, he knew that this would be a good peg to get that story out there but yeah the true beauty of of his of the, of the fact that he did it is mm-hmm. that the from what we've seen in the episode uh it just seems like a wonderful story with great voiceover i ordered a copy of the book uh, i'm gonna give it to my friends who are about to have a kid. Oh, um, this is a good test to see if they listen to the podcast. Spoiler alert: they don't. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. And I think like I feel like it, what just really struck me about it was it was it was an example of doing something in a positive way while also still like really. It was it was a wonderful burst of positivity in what's become an increasingly harsh and negative news cycle um it yeah. made me feel good 
it made me feel good to know that it existed and that is not something I get a lot these days from any sort of politically themed uh, discussion or programming. Yeah, it was an active counter. Like I, it was uh, like a like a step in the right direction. Something that you can actually, you know, see making positive change. Exactly. Uh, ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to. Oh God, I lost it. What am I looking forward to? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Looking forward to the Americans, you guys. Oh yeah. It's Americans <laughs> Week. It's the final season of The Americans. Technically, I have seen the first episode. It is great. Um, I am not ready to say goodbye to the show. I feel like it should just last until it's a ratings bonanza the size of Game of Thrones. Like, until we've just, like, fans of The Americans have had children and raised them watching it, and then they just become fans, and then it just keeps going. But that's impractical. So it's going to go out on top. I have uh, the utmost confidence in Joel and Joe. Um, it's going to be wonderful. I can't wait. I'm so excited for the season of the Americans, you guys. Join us on the discussion at IndieWire. I'm sure it will come up again on the podcast. Um, I should yeah, catch up. Premieres Wednesday. Yeah. It, you have to understand, guys, um, Ben had this really sad moment. We were we were talking about how busy we are. And Ben was just like, Liz, I haven't watched the Americans yet. And I felt your pain yeah. so profoundly. There's so many screeners. You guys better appreciate that Santa Clarita diet review. What? God damn it. I said, you guys better appreciate the Santa Clarita diet. You watched all the Santa Clarita diet. Yes. So, yes. (laughs) That that is just one of many things that got in the way of me watching the Americans earlier. But uh, hopefully the review will be up by the time you're listening to this and there will be more. So that's what I'm looking forward to pretty much for the next 10 weeks. So Excellent. um, Liz, what are you looking forward to? Um, I, we're going to, what? Next thing. Next thing. Next thing I'm looking forward to. Um, I need to cash it with Into the Badlands. Um, this week I published a gallery of behind the scenes, not behind the scenes photos, just a gallery of photos. And new season. New season. Season three coming up in about a month. And three? Yeah, season three. What, they're on four? They're on four yet? No. Season three. All right. Um, but lots happened in season two. Um, and I'm very excited. I, I, I didn't finish watching season two, but I need to. Um, because I, every time I think about that, sh- every time I remember, think about that show and re-engage with it, I'm just so happy. Like, it's so cool what they're doing. And it's, you know, there, I, I, I can't, like, I can't quite figure out why it hasn't, like, risen to the upper echelon of, of programming. Like, I don't, it's not, it's not, like, it's not, like, it's not going to beat the Americans at the Emmys. Right. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, there's why some... Why isn't it as popular as The Walking Dead? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, like, why... Is... It's such a cool show. They do so much cool stuff. Why Why isn't it being appreciated? More? Are they pairing it with The Walking Dead now? Um, I believe that... Because AMC's all over the map. They'll yeah. do it Sunday shows, Monday shows, whatever. But yeah. they don't I... have Better Call Saul, so... Oh, Better Call Saul. Come back soon. Yeah. I mean, it will be, but they don't um, have it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I believe I'm, I'm, I think it's going to premiere the week after The Walking Dead wraps up. But it's a Sunday show? Yeah. But they're not, so they're not launching off the back. They're not. They, I believe they may be launching, they may be, I think they did at one, they have at one point been paired with The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. I think they may be paired with Fear of the Walking Dead this time. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. When's it come back? April? I believe, I believe April 22nd. Oh, shit. That's a ways away. Yep. Okay. 
Yeah, it's an, it's, an, it's certainly not beating like Legion or something, which is really what I should have said because I need to be thinking about Legion. Legion. But that'll be fun. Also, a great first episode. Yeah, we can say that, right? Yeah. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah. yeah we can. Yeah, we got, yeah, we're good. Well, we have to, also have you watched the, because there's an. I know. Yeah. All right. I can still say it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you'll be able to read all about that and more on IndieWire.com where you'll find, where, fi- where you will find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And if you want to listen to some more just fantastic podcasts, make sure you listen to Turn It On with Michael Schneider. Uh, I believe he spoke with Joel McHale this week, and he's got some great guests coming up. Uh, as do Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. Their guests are usually each other, but how could you beat that combo? Because, I mean, they're both just ear to the ground of the industry, New York, L.A., coast to coast, covering every movie you could possibly want covered, and anyone that they're missing will show up on the best podcast ever recorded by the best human being in existence of course i'm talking about chris o'fault's filmmaker toolkit podcast don't miss it i went with isn't she lovely this time sure yeah i couldn't remember any romantic songs off the top of my head that's fine yeah that's not about romance liz it's about genuinely conveying respect and admiration for someone who deserves it sure sure yeah sure um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, and as always, keep watching television. Sherlock Gnomes. What? <laughs> I, tried, I tried to say, I tried to meld keep watching with Sherlock Gnomes. Is, is, that, that, is that any good? That, no, there's that fucking billboard outside the window <laughs> that just keeps staring at me all day. And I can't stop thinking about Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> We're doing great here, guys. <sighs> The truth is out there. Is the X-Files finale better than Sherlock Gnomes? I don't know. I haven't seen the Sherlock Gnomes. Just the fact that we have to say I don't know is so troubling. God. (laughs) End it. End it. No more revivals. Keep watching television. (laughs) 